Hello, and welcome back to the Innovators Podcast. This episode is the conclusion of our SciStarter student series. We were joined by Eric Diaz and Abraham Polonia Suarez, the creators of City City Bang Bang, and Jacob Schmieder, the creator of Varsity Instrument Lights. City City Bang Bang is a company whose goal is to bring City Hall to the people. They act as a middleman by bringing their van to communities and starting up dialogues about what's going on within a city. Varsity Instrument Lights makes a band performance into a light show. The lights attach to an instrument and when it's played, they change colors. We recorded this episode one week prior to Demo Day, and to see the results, check out the Iowa State John Papa John Center on social media. We had a great conversation about their experience in SciStarters, their businesses, and their goals for the future. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Thank you and welcome back to the Innovators Podcast. Today we're joined by Jacob Schmieder, Eric Diaz, and Abraham Polonia Suarez. They're all SciStarter members and they're here to talk about their businesses and a little bit about SciStarters. So why don't you guys all um, introduce yourselves and talk a little bit about your business? Go first. Um, hello everyone. Um, I'm Abraham. Um, I'm here with my partner, our co-founder, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm Eric. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we gra- we just graduated with our master's in industrial design, and we have a background in mechanical engineering. And our business is City City Bang Bang, is a consulting firm that would help cities with civic engagement, so that more voices can be implemented in the planning process of the city uh, by bringing city hall to its residents. Um, that's a little bit about the business, and um, yeah. Very cool. Jacob, how about you? Hi, uh, yeah, I'm Jacob. Um, my business is Varsity Instrument Lights. Uh, the goal of uh, my business is to be able to bring uh, sound-sensitive lights um, for wind instruments um, to give uh, students and uh, their directors um, applications in being able to enhance their performances and provide new teaching tools um, that are engaging visually as opposed to just um, auditory. Cool, cool. Um, so yeah, you guys are all in size starters, and uh, none of you were uh, business majors, right? You're all you're all like STEM majors. Yeah. How, what have you been learning in size starters? That and like, what has your experience been like? I mean, I think <laughs> at least for me, uh, I appreciate it more. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, you don't really know what to expect going into it. Um, I hadn't had experience in the discipline of business before until uh, during my master's. um, We got involved in the innovation programs with the new innovation center and things like that. And I think uh, coming out of this program compared to coming into it, um, it, you know a lot better where you need to look and what you need to learn to go farther with your business. And it helps you know what you didn't know before. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Jacob? I would say a lot of the same things. Um, uh, yeah, I, I have, you know, no background in business or any, anything like that. Um, so coming in, I, I really hoped to be able to understand all of 
the things that you have to take into consideration when you are building a business from the ground up. Um, and SciSurgis has done a really good job of showing you exactly what aspects you need to consider, uh, a little bit about you know the order that you should consider them in, um, and in working with the, the cohort where we're all so different, being able to see the differences between my business and someone else's mm -hmm. and how they're approaching things versus how I'm approaching things so that you can see that uh, the way that you're approaching things isn't the only right way to do it. And if you are in a, you know, in the future in a venture that is not like what you're doing now, you have those other people to, you know, bounce ideas off of and mm -hmm. think about, okay, maybe I'll approach, you know, my finances in this other way, unlike what I did in my own venture. Yeah. Here. It's cool how collaborative it is. Yeah. Like you guys all bounce ideas off each other. Like you were saying, that's, that's so cool. What's something that somebody like gave you an idea for that maybe you had not previously thought of? Um, right off the bat for me, something that I didn't consider until someone uh, here talked about it with me is my lights have the ability to be able to make music more accessible. So if you are someone that's hard of hearing or deaf, music is a very tough space to engage with because it's, you know, reliant on your hearing. And if you're hard of hearing, you know, you can't necessarily hear. Right. So by being able to use uh, a visual stimulus to show you, okay, this is what note you're playing, here's where you should be, and engage with music in that way, as opposed to, you know, through your ears. Um, it allows for those people who, you know, traditionally are not able to participate in music, uh, gives them a door to be able to access it um, in a different way. So that was something that, you know, when it was first brought up to me here, I was like, wow, that's an incredible mm -hmm. idea. And especially in um, today's age where, you know, I, I want everyone to be able to have access to everything just the same, regardless of, of you know, what your life is like. Being able to offer, offer that um, is something that I thought was really special when it was brought up. Yeah, it's cool. It's like you went into it thinking it was going to be this um, entertainment kind of business, and now you have this whole other teaching side to it. That's sweet. What has been one big thing that you guys have uh, improved upon or like someone helped you to create within your business? I think going for, at least from my perspective, one big thing that um, we were able to obtain from site starters was um, connecting with other people, networking, because we wouldn't necessarily have the connections we have today. Like we, during this process, we were able to do a lot of customer discovery for, for one, and we were able to talk to different city officials, mayors, um, uh, city planners, and things like that. Or people like that and we got a lot of input in that regards to how to improve the business how to go about it how do we fit in the process which it can be really daunting if you see how the system of the cities are um, and how to approach it yeah yeah and I mean I think it can really help to have so many just sounding boards for when you're trying to figure out ambiguity because you'll get confused going in so many different tangents and just having people to talk things through with really helps. Um, but I think one big thing that uh, the cohort helped us with, uh, especially in the beginning, was 
how we're perceived because it can just really help when you've been in your head so long to understand what's really making sense when you're talking to people um, and how to better tell your story, um, elaborate things on your website, make things really clear so people understand what you're doing and why it's important right away. Mm -hmm. um, and I th yeah, that's really helpful. And I think another aspect I appreciated was just that when you do it with a cohort, with a group, um, you just kind of get this multiplier of experience because you see other people doing it alongside with you. So it's not like you just have the experience from you know starting your own business. You see all these people around you doing that and seeing the decisions or mistakes or things they learn too. And so you get like, I don't know, almost the experience of 10 businesses into one summer. <laughs> yeah, you see all like the cool things other people are doing. You're like, oh my yeah. gosh, I want to do that too. Yeah, exactly. That's sweet. Um, what's something that you've learned within Size Starters? I have learned so much about so many different <laughs> yeah. things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, trying trying to you know choose just one is is a pretty daunting task. Mm -hmm. um, but I've I've learned really the, the most influential thing for me is seeing all of the things that you have to consider when you are starting your own business because there's legal things that go in, into it that you need to consider. There's, you know, how am I going to go to market? How am I going to um, really make my business profitable? Uh, finally get some sales, you know, out, out the door. Uh, and your strategy to go about each of those things is very different from business to business. Right. Like, for me, I probably don't have a whole lot of uh, legality stuff that comes with, you know, putting lights on instruments. Mm -hmm. But if, you know, I look across the table here, um, mm -hmm. there's a lot more legal stuff that has to go mm -hmm. go on with, um, you know, a business that is, you know, putting feet on the ground and interacting with uh, multiple different groups of people and bringing mm -hmm. them together to making sure uh, that's a safe space and that nobody's getting hurt and mm -hmm. those things you have to consider there. So, you know, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so seeing all of those, you know, pieces kind of come together to build what is your business and, you know, how you want to go about creating your business um, has, has been, you know, what I have learned the most. So it's not necessarily <laughs> one thing, but just holistically having, having that like zoomed out view of here's what my business is. Yeah. That's and, sweet. Yeah, and to go a little bit more in detail to to that too, or at upon, um, I would say one of the biggest things too um, is how one thing that I feel like we learn quite a bit is how to tell your story and do story selling in a way. How do you differentiate yourself from other businesses that might be doing the same thing or close to? And how is why is yours more important than or will reach out more people? through that um, I think that was like one of the things I got out of it a lot um, but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I think because um, yeah <laughs> you know that yeah none of us really had backgrounds coming in this and so I feel like I came in pretty green and yeah, from the outside looking in you kind of see business is like you, you don't know much what it is you see some numbers you see sales and things like that and once you get inside you start to understand what you don't know what you need to know and like how approachable it can be and it's, it was really nice to get connected with people because when we have 
these workshops, you know, throughout the these 11 weeks and you have a sales, a marketing, a legal person come in, like you now have a point of contact that you can ask these questions to when you go down the road and need further development in any of these areas you're lacking. Mm-hmm. And so I think that really helped and just made it feel like it's doable. So now that now we know what we need to know and kind of know what we need to prioritize what's important through these lessons and speakers that have come in and teach us. Right. I mean, yeah. a big part of SciStart is all the speakers coming in and like explaining things to you. Have any of them kind of like been a mentor at all to any of you guys? Um, I've taken a lot away from, you know, a lot of the speeches that we've had. I've, mm. I've tried to grab as much information um, from each one as as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our speakers, uh, Dave Sly, who works um, in industrial engineering here, uh, he's uh, a mentor of mine um, that you know was given to me through the program. So mm-hmm. I've, I've worked with him some. I actually worked with him a little bit prior to uh, Sci Starters when I was first, you know, really looking at building this up as a business right. um, beforehand. So it's, it's been cool to, to work with him and see his uh, perspective on things because his perspective has, you know, not been what, what mine was and it's, it shares a different path and story. So to see someone and talk with someone that has been there, done that, uh, and has, you know, the different aspects, you know, taken care of and seen what's been successful I think it's been very impactful to me yeah. to, to be able to see, okay, now, you know, we're not working exactly in the same, in the same space, um, but just, you know, having someone to say, you know, is this feasible? Yeah. Yeah. Someone uh, who knows what they're doing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I would say they have, yeah, like, you can see them acting like mentors uh, when they come and... They, um, how they're willing to engage with you and they're just really friendly always willing to help and you know willing to stay after too you'll usually see people coming to talk to them after their session and they're willing to you know some of us some of them talk to us for you know an hour just on like different things and like they'll go down the rabbit hole with you on your business and things like that and so it is it's just they are very helpful i think something else that the the program does a really good job of is these people are you know, here for you still after the program is over with. Mm-hmm. So while they may not all be, you know, a mentor figure for you right now, um, as you move forward and need different aspects in your business, you have a place of contact through the program. Mm-hmm. So everyone, everyone that I have met through the program, you know, through whether it's a presenter or the staff here or, you know, someone else, Mm-hmm. has been so welcoming and accepting of you and you know what you're doing it's incredible so i i feel comfortable that if i reach out to someone and say hey i'm stuck on you know this this and this mm-hmm. can you offer some sort of help or advice i i feel fairly confident that you know they will take an hour or two out of their week to be able to sit down with me and mm-hmm. say here's my perspective on this and you know let me offer some of yeah. Some help. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I would agree. I think, I think it's also very comforting. Like, because that after you, even after yes. you finish this program, you know, if, if you would never have done this, it can be really hard to, uh, to know. It can be really hard to know how to take that first step. You might not know which direction to take, what to do, who to contact. But now, you know, going forward, you always have that first step because you always know you can contact. Judy and she'll connect you to someone or you contact that person that gave you the business card you have at least 
at least your first step, and then you can just go from there. Yeah, you know, you may not, you may may not find, you know, your the end person you're gonna yeah. end up working with on on your first connection, but you have people in every space of your business, mm-hmm. so you have someone you can start reaching out to, and you know, the the people that uh, SciCertus has brought into the program have been around for this is the sixth cohort mm-hmm. um, and most of them have been around for at least a handful of years now so the people that they're bringing in are familiar with startups and mm-hmm. new businesses which mm-hmm. is a lot more comforting than working with someone that you know I'm only working with an IBM or a Google or mm-hmm. you know, Boeing or something like that where these are established companies and they're safe and that's the only space that I want to work in but they're absolutely not that. They're working with, you know, people that are, you know, trying to make their venture successful. So it's nice to see that, you know, they're, they want to see you be successful too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost kind of like Iowa State's Shark Tank um, in a way <laughs> um, that they're all like so supportive. Um, why don't we pivot and talk a little bit about your businesses specifically um, so let's start with Jacob's business, uh, Varsity Instrument Lights. So, um, so your business is putting lights on instruments that, when the instrument's played, the lights change colors. Yes. So, you know, the stuff that I'm running behind the scenes is able to you know, pick up whatever note that an individual is playing on their instrument, and based on whatever the director or you, know, you as a student want, um, once once we're pulling the note out, you can do whatever you want with it. So you can have it act as a, a tuner mm-hmm. <clears throat> to be able to visually see, am I in tune? If you're trying to learn a new piece of music and you're in you know, a sectional or something like that, you can all hook these up and have something that you know, runs 12 different colors for the 12 different notes in an octave. And if you're all collectively lighting up the same color, that means, hey, you're doing a good job. Everyone's playing the same notes, same time, and you're good. But, but if not, you know, you can say, okay, these, mm-hmm. these four measures are a tough spot for us, so let's spend a little bit more time digging into those. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my background in the marching band here, um, I also don't have a super deep background in you know, being able to teach music. Uh, I'm certainly not the strongest musician on the planet, <laughs> Um, But I served as the trumpet captain for uh, our band and had to do exactly that, lead a sectional where we're going through through music. Um, And had I had something like this, it would have made it a lot easier on me as a uh, student leadership to be able to say, okay, hang on. I physically saw that, you know, we're not doing the same thing here. Let's spend a little bit of time to focus in on you know, these two or three measures, nail that away and yeah, and go from there. But, you know, they also do have this performance aspect. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You can use them in, you know, a pep band uh, or, you know, even a concert band if uh, that's the uh, um, impact on your audience that you want to have. But, you know, being able to use it in a place like Hilton would be super engaging for everyone in in the facility that would be so sweet to go to like a to go to a football game and have the halftime show be like this huge light show yeah 
I, I, I'm just curious, how do you set up the lights um, in terms of differentiating like notes and stuff? You know, that's, that's what I think is so cool about this and is where the customizability comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the stuff that I'm running in the background on the computer, um, you play into it and it says what note you're playing. And once, once you have that, you can do whatever, whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. So if, if you want it to you know, just have one color per note, then you know, that's, that's what you can go ahead and do. Um, it also could just be as simple as, okay, is if you're picking up a sound, then it's gonna light up this color. So it, the, the customizability of it and being able to make it do what you as a performer or director, mm-hmm. uh, what you want it to do, I think is where a lot of the versatility comes in mm-hmm. uh, that makes them you know, so worthwhile, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah, well, and I think it'd be interesting too, just to see once like you have these in the hands of like a bunch <laughs> of band directors and like what they start to try and experiment with and what to want they want to do with it because I feel like a lot of things like didn't even occur to me when I first heard it but then as you've gone through these different applications it kind of changes my perception I start to think like especially like because I did band in middle school I didn't go full um or uh do it all the way through but um you see directors do these things and like it didn't occur to me till now like how how do they do that without these lights like how do they tell which <laughs> section's doing what wrong and when these kids are playing right next to each other, like... Yeah, I was a choir kid in high school, and we would just, like, if if someone was singing the wrong note, you couldn't tell who it was <laughs> yeah. specifically. So you just, everyone just kept re-singing the same part over mm-hmm. and over again, and this would really speed up rehearsals yeah. and things like that, for sure. A question that got asked at One Million Cups that I just thought um, was a really good question, so I'm going to ask it again. How exactly do the lights differentiate from someone that's playing right next to them? Something else that you know in the the whole computer um, that's that I'm I'm running, uh, there's something that will spit out a number um, and tell you how loud the sound that it's reading is based on on the decibel level and things like that. Mm-hmm. So there's just one number that I can go and change in my code, and it'll say it needs to be above this threshold to light up at all. And that obviously changes based on the um, environment you're playing in. But as I test them more and you know get more of them in the hands of other people, the better idea that I will have as far as what that number should be, mm-hmm. uh, what works best. So it's just at at one million cups, I did uh, give a little demonstration and start speaking, and then mm-hmm. slowly got quieter and walked away and the lights stopped lighting up after a certain point in time. And then I, mm-hmm. you know, again, raised my voice and the lights started lighting up again. Um, so it's, it's just as simple as, you know, being able to say it needs to be this loud before it actually starts lighting up. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's not that loud, then we're not gonna do anything. Yeah. So based on, you know, who's playing around you, um, because the, the microphone for this is gonna be smack in the middle of yeah. your, the Stop bell of your point. instrument. Yeah. Um, so. You're gonna muffle a little bit from the outside because you're, you know, like right in the bell of your instrument, um, but you know, then you're able to uh, vary it based on that. Yeah. To get something that works. Yeah, a lot of like, a lot of it is the coding, with your uh, business. So 
how much coding experience did you have before doing this? Uh, I wrote like two or three macros in Excel <laughs> VBA, uh, prior to this. So it's been something that I've worked with uh, a lot of other people with a lot of time and trying to figure out, okay, this is this is the best way to do this. And, you know, maybe I should try this instead. Um, the syntax of different languages is one of the biggest barriers that you have to overcome because there, are, I, I don't, I don't know the, the languages. If, uh, one of our other side starters, Gabe ever listens to this, mm -hmm. he'll probably, you know, cringe a little bit. Um, but you know, there are some languages that you have to put like a semicolon at the end of every line of code or whatever or mm -hmm. some statement or something mm -hmm. like that. And if you don't do that, it doesn't work. <laughs> like it, it just, it, it yeah. doesn't understand. But there are others where you don't do that or maybe it's a dash or something instead. So a lot of those little intricacies are the things that you have to better understand. Um, you have to like define your variables up top before anything can be run so that you know, it knows, the program knows what the heck is going on with everything <laughs> that you're referring to down below. So it's a lot of setting that up. And um, I'm using a couple different libraries to be able to uh, put everything together. So I had to dive pretty deep in those, those libraries and see, okay, since I didn't explicitly write this myself, uh, here's what this is doing, here's what this is doing. I'm gonna take a little piece of this and this and put it over here. So it's been a lot of trial and error working with people that know more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's cool. Your current plan is to play this at a football game at I for Iowa State or like at a marching band concert? Yeah, is that so right? When I, the original uh, project for this, this is what I did for my honors project. Um, but originally I was just going to make the lights. Mm -hmm. um, and the business kind of happened as we kept moving forward with it. Uh, but my director was one of the first people that I talked to about this to see if it was feasible to do as a project, because if he wasn't going to let me put lights on instruments, then I wasn't going to do it as my honors <laughs> project. Yeah. <clears throat> so he's known about it since its inception, like 2018 or something like that. Oh, wow. Um, so I will... Now that, you know, I finally have some traction and I f feel comfortable with where it's at and feel like I can give our band something to at least start trying, um, I would like to be able to see them be able... Hilton is probably uh, more feasible just because mm -hmm. the, the lights in Hilton are more controlled. Mm -hmm. um, the lights in Jack Trice are, you know, one of those, like big switch things that take forever to heat up and, and turn on. Um, but Hilton is, is LEDs, so you can oh, turn yeah. those on and off with the flip of a switch, um, and it's not an issue. So that's probably the environment that we're looking to use them in. But, yeah, getting them in the hands of, of our band. So I'll be talking with him here soon to, to you know, see what's, what works best for the both of us. Um, and, I mean, I know our director pretty well, so... It should be a it should be a fun conversation to be able to finally give him something that I've been talking about for a while. Right. Well, we'll be on the lookout at the next at the first basketball game then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> um, why don't we 
start talking about our other business that is here, um, City City Bang Bang. So you guys, um, your goal is to help citizens and uh, city managers, planner people mm-hmm. converse more. You're kind of the middleman. Yeah. Um, you want to talk more like um, kind of explain it in better details than <laughs> that probably. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah, we're, we're really trying to explain excuse me, expand the platform. So, um, I mean, right now the main, you know, if you look at the main channels of communication, it's, you can talk to your council member, um, or you can show up at city council meeting or yeah, you, uh, might be reached out to directly by city planners doing a project. Um, but it's, there are a lot, there are still a lot of barriers preventing people from maybe, uh, even starting to engage, like coming to a city hall meeting or something like that, or participating even once they're there. So if you look at, you know, city hall meetings, um, they can be four hours, six to 10, and that's that's a lot of time for someone to dedicate. And especially when, even when you go in, it can be confusing jargon, there can be a lot of procedure that you don't really understand what's going on or how to exactly interact with the dialogue. Um, there can be, you know, it, you might not be comfortable once you're there with uh, speaking in that platform and where you're speaking in front of a crowd, in front of, in front of people in suits, mayors, things like that. Um, you might not even want, you know, the public to know your opinion on a certain subject or things yeah. like that. So we hope to provide um, additional support to the city and additional platforms where you can go out into the city with something like a van and have more intimate conversations with people and allow them to engage and encourage them to participate more and more with the city planning process and hopefully help yeah uh, city planners and thing and other people in the government help them with more boots on the ground if you will (laughs) and yeah get more participation in the planning process yeah and additionally to that um talking about the barriers um like Eric was saying, there's barriers to even get to the to that point. Like you need transportation, you need childcare if you have kids. Um, you maybe have multiple jobs. Um, maybe you're not even considering going to a city council. You're not even aware. Yeah, you might not even have awareness, which is another big component that has been mentioned. Um, but also providing a platform where. Um, you are able to educate and create th- that awareness that people might mm-hmm. not have from previous. Because like he mentioned, um, if you went to a city council this upcoming weekend, uh, not weekend, week, on Tuesday, 6 to 10, um, you might not necessarily know what's been going on in the previous day uh, and what is the current situation because they don't necessarily give you an update on that. You have to read mm-hmm. in their website or like look this information up yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there, there's a lot of, <laughs> going through this process, we've met a lot of people mm-hmm. and a lot of these public servants, and you start to realize how much they care and, um, you know, pull back this curtain that we were never aware of. And um, once you see that, you see how much people do want to engage once they know what's going on. And so I think one big thing we're shooting for is it, is increasing that pipeline of if you get it in front of people and... Um, have them to that point where they are, you know, having conversations with city officials and stuff. Usually they would like to stay engaged like us. Like, you know, now that we've gone through this process, we we would like to keep doing it. You it, it brings in energy and yeah. so how do you yeah, 
get that more widespread. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, um, I don't know, you don't, like you guys were saying, you don't even really know what's going on in your community mm -hmm. half the time. Things yeah. just kind of, all of a sudden there's construction and you're like, oh, something's happening, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Which, so, which even that statement alone can break some people's hearts because they're like, we try so hard to do <laughs> And then, but it's just, it's just a difficult thing that nobody is able to, you know, um, do it all right now. So we're just trying to help um, add more to the platform. Yeah, add, also, yeah, add more help where we can. Exactly. Um, and then also there's a lot of noise. Because before, um, if you looked at how they would give information out, it would be the news, uh, television, radio. And that was like mainly it. But now there's so much things coming out with internet. You have different Facebook groups, different ways of in like mm -hmm. that you don't necessarily hit that specific mark mm -hmm. market. Like instead of having 90% listen to this mm -hmm. back then, now you yeah. maybe are reaching out 10 to 15%, maybe 30%. Yeah, right. You can't, um, you can't just do a one and done, send it out to everybody. You really have to do, have your own, have a strategy for everything you do. And it takes a lot more thought and a lot more tailoring for each time you do want to do something. Well, yeah, and you're probably dealing with all those people that are somewhat misinformed, but mm -hmm. they're also <laughs> promoting things on social media and stuff like that, where yeah. it's like, what's what's happening, and you don't really know yeah. half the time. Um, so how are you guys like getting in contact with these city planners then? Like, are you going to be part of the government technically, or like, how is that working? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's still an ongoing process of trying to figure out the ambiguity of how we're going to implement ourselves, how we're going to fit within the system, because we've really been trying to map out and understand the system as it exists right now. Um, but we would be looking at currently, yeah, being um, hired by the city and then working with them as a consultant to, yeah, hopefully help with these yes. facilitations. Yeah, there's different ways to go about it. Um, because that was one, and then the other would be to um, find current cons consultants that are currently working with the cities and then mm -hmm. tailor or back end their tail to basically <laughs> yeah. help them do a, um, necessarily a better job, but like get more input into their um, insights yeah. to the cities and things like that. Yeah, so so far, SciSiders has helped connect us with lots of local officials and people we can talk to that we've been really, yeah, going through and interviewing people to see and learn as much as we can of how, yeah, we could best fit. Your business is kind of all about the branding, you know? I mean, it's, it's like you're, you're putting a face mm -hmm. to whatever's happening at City Hall. How are you going to get people to your van? Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I think, yeah, it's, it's a good question. It's definitely um, dependent on the situation, but I mean, you could look at a couple overarching strategies of, you know, I think a successful one is if you go somewhere out in public, like a park or something where people are congregating, um, just doing free popsicles, something like that. There have been certain um, precedents and uh, projects that have happened around the country where um, they might do something like this, have a pop-up event and hand out popsicles. And there's actually a good one from Minnesota where she'll hand out a popsicle and um, just have a conversation. I think, what does the sign say? It says, ask me how to get a popsicle or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And you just use that as a platform, you know. And that usually is a, um, some uh, enough of a sign of good faith that people are happy to engage and talk about what they think is relevant or what questions or concerns they have or, 
maybe opinions on a certain topic that you do want to get specific feedback on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it could depend a lot too. That's just kind of for general, but if you're trying to serve a specific community, um, then you'll tailor it. So, I mean, you might offer certain services to that community that you're trying to reach, um, like uh, internet or swimming lessons or something that can really um, help you reach more marginalized communities that aren't, you know, as able to come to traditional platforms like city council meetings and things like that. Right. And like, yeah, I mean, doing internet or swimming lessons or something like that yeah. works too because, I mean, not everyone's going to have time in their mm -hmm. day to yeah. be at a van mm -hmm. getting a free popsicle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. You have to really be trying to do everything you can to be providing them service and not just asking. That you're really not taking too much of their time, making it as easy as possible for them. You're trying to put all the work on you and they're just, you know, there. And if they want to talk to you, they show up. If they don't, you know, they walk the other way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's as simple as that. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, you're both just got degrees in engineering. Yeah, undergrad engineering and then master's in industrial design. Okay, yep. so yeah, uh, that has nothing to do with city planning. <laughs> yeah. How did you come across that <laughs> idea? Yeah, for sure. Um, so we originally started in uh, an interdisciplinary studio in the College of Design. So we did the Smart Studios, Smart Cities Studio with Alenka and... Um, it was really a yeah eye-opening experience. We that was our first exposure to city planning and GIS and that whole area, and we had different speakers come in, uh, different people from Ames or Des Moines or surrounding areas uh, from both industry and city government, and just hearing through things. They gave us a really open-ended prompt so we could kind of explore what we wanted, and eventually trying to go through the triggers of what we wanted to focus on, we saw civic engagement as a big issue that people are still trying to solve and how these um, different stakeholders and public servants are trying to do um, you know, the best they can making decisions and making uh, progress with maybe not as much input as they would like. Maybe they're only hearing from a few of the really vocal people that they always hear from, but they want to hear from the whole community. And so how can they do that? And how can they do that while they're still juggling all the roles that they have to do <laughs> in their day-to-day -day jobs? Yep. So um, I think that's how it started, yeah. And we looked at a platform to reverse the paradigm a little bit instead of cities, you know, expecting people to come to them at city council or city hall. Um, how can we shift that out and have the city come to you uh, in 15 minutes, uh, it was originally of you know by van going out into any location of the city yeah i mean people are all about ease so yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. yeah as, as long as it's easy people will do it yeah so yeah let's uh let's kind of bring jacob back into the fold <laughs> <laughs> next week is demo day correct yeah. yep. um so how are you guys preparing Oof. uh <laughs> trying to make a lot of decisions trying to go through that all those interviews and information we collected and sift through ambiguity yes yeah because <laughs> i mean that's that's been one of the main struggles through this process and i think what we've gained a lot of experience and been helped a lot with through stipes artists is just getting advice and mentorship on how to make decisions when it's so open-ended because <laughs> mm -hmm. when you have your own business it's it's all up to you it's, you're not having a boss tell you what to do you're not having a company that says this is how we work you're trying to figure that out and you could make 
you could take it in a hundred different ways. And so trying to set priorities and see which decision affects other decisions and how you want to progress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's basically simplifying and how are we conveying the message of everything we have done so far in literally four minutes. Yeah. And then we'll have that open platform where people are able to come to us and ask questions. So how are we approaching that engagement? There? Right. <laughs> what we would be doing generally with the public. So it's kind of the same. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of some practice for you guys. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, as, as I look to, to prep, I think what I would like to do is show a lot of the progress that I have made and, and show that, you know, hey, I do have a plan for after this, mm -hmm. and I believe that, you mm -hmm. know, this can, this can still, you know, as, as much as I, you know, hoped that it would be able to be viable prior to coming into this, I feel like I have, you know, been on my way to, you know, being able to prove that. Uh, mm -hmm. Because there have been a lot of decisions that I have made and mm -hmm. things that I have tweaked and adjusted over yeah. the course of the past 10 weeks now. Um, like one of those complex dilemmas you navigated was like, do I go for teaching first or do I go for performance first? Yeah, that, exactly. That's a good example of a really <laughs> tough call. <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, some of the, the teaching things that, you know... Um, when you're looking to sell to a teacher or something like that, you're looking at you know probably a middle school or high school band whose numbers vary a lot more than at a like a college marching band level, mm -hmm. uh, and are often smaller. So you know a middle school group is going to be fifty people maybe if, yeah, if you're at lucky. Yeah, a big school. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know if I look towards Iowa State, our marching band is. 350, 400 people. So making, I would have to make like eight sales to a you know 50 person middle school, high school band, uh, whereas I could sell to one one marching band yeah. um, mm -hmm. of that size. So it's it's weighing those options. So I'm you know have have made the choice to go the the performance route first. And be able to use it as an engagement tool and then we'll once i've started to establish myself you know start to move mm -hmm. back and say okay i do want to engage with this this teaching audience too because i think it's super valuable um and then showing the progress that i have made as far as one of the the most daunting things for me coming into the program was how do i find someone to manufacture this <laughs> like it it seems like such a um a crazy thing to go to a business that's established and say, Hey, I'm a startup. Yeah. <laughs> I, w I want you to manufacture my stuff. Is that like something you can do? Mm -hmm. Um, and I've found people that I'm ready to partner with once I have, uh, orders ready. Right. Uh, so that's, that's been huge and has given me a lot of traction as far as once I, you know, have, have made some sales, I know that I can, I can fulfill and produce. Um, so showcasing a lot of those decisions and the growth that I had from week one to week 11 uh, is a lot of what I'm doing to, to prep for demo day. Yeah, that's, it's cool. Um, how, how far you guys have come. I mean, every size service person I've talked to is like, I did not expect to be where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a very cool day. Uh, you kind of mentioned that you 
are planning to keep this business going after what are what are your plans for the future uh you guys feel free to answer as well (laughs) uh well i am bringing on another team member in like a week or two um they're also a member of the marching band uh and are uh, a part of the las i plus e academy uh which is a two-year innovation and entrepreneurship program run through the the college um and she's going to to help jump jump into it and uh, probably work a lot more on the um marketing and person-to-person side of this uh she's um, a music education major so going to be a future band teacher Mm -hmm. uh, which is really cool and i i appreciate it because the passion um is very similar to why I'm passionate about the the product. Um, so uh, as the uh, as of right now, um, that's at least the first uh, year of her two year program. So it's it's got to go for at least another year, yeah, uh, for sure. <clears throat> um, but it's exciting to you know start to be able to. Um, delegate some things because a lot of those uh, marketing and personal relationship sort of deal that's not necessarily my strong suit so having someone that i know is strong in those areas is really reassuring to where the business can go um yeah and really if someone is able to go out and talk to people and you know have good conversations about you know the products that leads to sales and sales leads to you know money being around <laughs> yeah yeah um, um yeah so how about you guys yeah i mean i won't pretend to having a plan for my life but uh <laughs> 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 like uh right now you know i i want to um go forward and um i'm still looking for full time to have a career in design and engineering and possibly something with consulting and so i think this all this experience lends itself really well and I want to continue the research. So I think there's still a lot of potential. And if we do some more um, speaking uh, with experts and getting some more input from industry, I think it would help us a lot inform some experiments that we could test out and do some free services for cities. And then I think once we get that going, um, start, yeah, getting projects and pilot projects and try uh, working with a couple cities of a mid-size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, uh, for me, it would be this, um, on the, along the same lines because we're trying to find a city and a full-time job that coordinates so we can continue <laughs> um, pushing this one forward. Um, and hopefully, we will have a pilot pro- like timeline and uh, program laid out that we can present to the city and then do it. Uh, have that one be successful and then move forward to integrate ourselves in the cities and then once it's successful in one others might want to follow i think Mm -hmm. something just from an outside perspective seeing you guys work on this project it's something that you guys have built a passion for over you know the how your whole program from engineering to um, Mm -hmm. industrial design so i you know as you move towards a full-time job I don't think that this is something that you let go just because you're yeah. passionate about it. <laughs> yeah, so. we might not be able to let go. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
it's yeah it, i think it'll always be yeah something yeah we keep on the side yeah and hopefully yeah eventually it will maybe turn into something we can do full-time yeah seems like um all three of you guys are so passionate about what you're doing and that's sweet um so yeah we are going to close out the podcast but before we go is there anything that you guys want to plug for audience members to find you guys and learn more about your companies well uh in a couple of weeks here especially once my new team member uh, comes on website and social media and stuff will start to be more prominent uh, and hopefully you should see lights in hilton or somewhere uh come this fall so keep an eye out for them and look out for the social media that's that's to come and just spread the awareness because they're lights and <laughs> they're visual so yeah you know, i'm sure they'll be that, all over <laughs> yeah awareness in that sort of aspect is gonna really help all of that stuff take off yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean for us uh if anyone's yeah interested in connecting with us or knows of any cities that would like to work on this Our or work together yeah um feel free to reach out to us at uh citybangengagement at gmail.com or either of us personally emdiaz at isa.edu is my email and abraham uh, a-b-r-a-h-a-m-p at isa.com or edu sorry um, and yeah so hopefully moving forward we can do some awesome. collaboration yeah <laughs> awesome well thank you guys so much for coming on and th- yeah this was yeah, Jacob Schmieder Eric Diaz, Abraham Polonia Suarez. Thank you guys. Thank you.